Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, The Essentials. I know last week I didn't have a new show, but um, this is my second one ever. And today I'm just going to be doing like new thoughts going into 2022. And I'm going to be drawing in my sketchbook with my oil pastels. I have two different sets, so just going to be pretty casual today. I have one set that I got from my art teacher in high school that I still have with me because they're excellent and like, they're super nice. They're really like buttery. It feels like painting with lipstick, but it's like crayons. Here's the sketchbook, by the way. <laughs> um, it's not nearly halfway filled, but I don't normally finish my whole sketchbooks. Usually it's like a quarter of the way in and then I get another new one and then they're both like halfway done and then I get a third one and it's just each one has its own vibe. So sometimes I don't go back to them, but this one, is the one that I'm feeling right now. So going into 2022, the main issue that seems to still be on the horizon for like everybody is the COVID pandemic. It's taken over like every aspect of our lives, especially if you're a student in high school, uh, college, even like elementary now, because I think Pfizer approved the vaccine for kids like five to 12 or something insane like that, which I don't believe is the right move, but I'm all for medical freedom if a parent wants to vaccinate their kid because maybe they have an underlying health condition like severe asthma or something or they're like prone to getting pneumonia every flu season instead of like or the flu that's really bad for some people too i just don't believe it should be a mandate especially because it has to do with our individual bodies it's a vaccine it's not like a food requirement like a health and safety protocol for um food businesses but we're still faced with this whole medical discrimination issue even going into 2022 where like my college also mandated the booster and I'm not eligible to get the booster until March but I really don't want to get it because I had a really terrible reaction to the second shot. So it should be up to me as an individual to decide whether I want to get the shot again or not. It all really comes down to science and politics and how the two of those things really shouldn't be mixed. But once they are mixed, you're only going to get one out of the two coming out on top and it's going to be politics. Because we've seen people on both sides take an extremely strong uh, opinion towards the vaccines, towards the pandemic, um, its origins, how it should be dealt with, how it could have been handled better. Um, I recently spoke with somebody who thought that the pandemic started off on the wrong foot and if somebody else had been in office, then it wouldn't have gotten as out of control. But I don't see that as a logical reason for why the pandemic is as bad as it is. It's a virus. It's not a political constituent. I think what a lot of people mean by saying that the virus could have been handled better um, by whoever was in presidential office at the time is that we could have done more to protect the country sooner or whatever, but they don't remember the fact that Trump did try to ban international airlines from flying in and out during the heat of the pandemic, but a lot of his opposition called him a xenophobe for that. So he really did try his best. Because what do people really expect of him? He's a businessman. He won presidential election in 2016, and he wasn't any better or any worse than any other candidate would have been if they were also in office during the time the pandemic actually broke out. He's not a medical professional. He's not a doctor, he's not a scientist. He wouldn't be doing lab research at the time of the outbreak because that's, that's not his place, that's not his job. 
I mean, would you ask an ear, nose, and throat surgeon to figure out what somebody's A1C for their diabetes was? No, because ear, nose, and throat, otolaryngology, and endocrinology are two totally separate categories of medicine. And I mean, even that's not a good enough example because both of those things are in the healthcare field. Okay, you could ask your paralegal to do your blood work. How about that? Why didn't you get my blood work done? I was waiting for those results back before Christmas. They're a paralegal. That's not their job. That's your nurse's job. I also figured out what I want to draw. I was kind of like thinking about art history. And I think what might be cool with pastels because it's like marble is this Greek statue called Winged Victory of Samothrace and it's by Pythocritos. It's at the Louvre right now in Paris. It's a really nice uh, composition because it has a lot of drapery and it's just there's a lot of details done for um, marble work. Okay, so back to COVID because I'm pretty sure that's what I was talking about before I got on an art history tangent. What a lot of people don't want to think about is that it might be better to actually get Omicron than get um, like the Delta variant or even the original like novel coronavirus because Omicron lately has been presenting itself as kind of like a cold because there's so many different types of the common cold. Um, some of them are pretty bad. Like I know when I was little, when I would get sick, it was terrible. It's a terrible, terrible feeling. You can't shake the common cold. There's nothing that actually heals it because it's viral, which is just like COVID. So Omicron, picture like a bad cold. And for some people, it's not even that bad. Um, a headache, a sore throat, maybe some nasal congestion. I don't know what else, probably body aches. That's common in any cold, which is why it's so hard to determine whether or not you have COVID-19 um, is because all of the symptoms are, they are pretty general with any cold that you're gonna get just because of like the viral composition. Of course, it's not exactly the same, but they're gonna overlap, which is why a lot of hospitals are, are like overflowing. That's what you see on the news. Hospitals are filled. Well, if only they would just give you some background information because it might be filled with people who have any other cold that exists on the planet still um, along with COVID, but there's just such similar symptoms. Like say somebody had strep throat and they had like a burning feeling in the back of their throat and they couldn't swallow. Maybe they couldn't taste that well because it just hurts and it's infected. And you probably, a lot of kids might get a fever along with that, maybe a headache, Maybe you're kind of clammy and you just don't feel good. That's strep throat and that's serious too. That's no fun to have, but people have heard, oh, if you have a sore throat, that's going to be COVID. So that person's going to run down and go get tested. And really they don't have coronavirus and the person behind them might just have a common cold, but it might be like a chest cold, which people got all the time and still get. It's just that you don't hear about it. They might be congested, they might be coughing a little, they might have a headache, they might have body aches. Instead of just listening to the news saying that there's so many people in these hospitals getting tested, the lines are like out the doors, it's probably a whole bunch of people who have been scared by the media into thinking that anything that is wrong with them is going to be COVID-19. And that's just not the case. A lot of those people might have the flu. So don't always think COVID, it might just be a cold. But say you do go get tested because something just feels off maybe the cold's not clearing up right away maybe you lost your taste or smell or something and you do test positive for omicron that might actually be beneficial for your body when it comes to fighting off the other variants because your immune system is going to be familiar with the coronavirus cell 
because it will have already fought off something similar. So your body, because of your immune system, is going to function like the vaccine would. It's going to prepare you for something worse. And maybe that way, if you do contract the other ones, you're going to have a little bit more resistance to it. And maybe it won't be that bad if you do get it. Uh, I'm not generalizing. Everybody's different. Some people's immune systems aren't super strong and others are. And with the drawing, I have the base done with burnt umber number 526. So it's kind of like a reddish brown. It's like mahogany. It's going to be pretty good for like the blending part because I'm going to use white and probably some gray. And hopefully I won't like throw this out when I get done with it because I do that a lot, but I'm just not content with the outcome sometimes. Um, my brain knows what I want to see on paper, but sometimes my hands just can't match it yet. So then it takes a little bit more practice. One tip for drawing, if you do want to get into it, and I think that everybody should because it's very relaxing. So when you're drawing, don't try to get all the details in the first draft. Just, just look at it like shape by shape because that's really going to help a lot in the actual composition where um, if you can block in based on the shapes that you already have drawn, then all the details will just kind of fall into place naturally. Like right now, I'm drawing... This sculpture kind of has wings. It doesn't have a head. I don't I remember if the head got, like, broken off years ago. It probably did, or if it was built without one. It was common for, like, those old statues to be missing, like, arms, hands, their head, anything that wasn't attached to, like, a pedestal or, like, that firm base because that would that was like sturdy and would help them not to fall apart and i'm just doing the shapes right now so that i can fill everything in with the colors afterwards so don't get overwhelmed by trying to make it look perfect as a sketch because that's because i used to do that too and it just made everything a whole lot harder but if you focus on big shapes triangles because things if you look around you things don't actually have solid lines but if you pick up a pen, like the one that I'm holding right now, it's not like a solid line. It's a cylinder and you can't see that there's lines in it. So another question I've heard a lot of people ask is, are the vaccines going to be effective to fight off the other variants? And um, my short answer would be maybe. But in the long run, we don't know because viruses change. Not all viruses change in the same exact way. Like, um... Flu viruses, influenza, A and B and C and D, and don't worry about C because it's mild. And D is also not something to worry about because it's only a problem for cattle. But influenza viruses go through something called antigenetic drift, which is where in the viral replication, because it, they copy themselves so quickly, the genes undergo what is called a copying error or a genetic mutation. And over time, those copying errors will lead to the alteration in the virus's surface proteins or antigens. And so that, that's why you have to keep getting flu shots every year. I can see there being a push by um, healthcare professionals to get the flu shot if your body is susceptible to catching the flu because it changes so rapidly. But with COVID, some studies have shown that um, the coronavirus actually doesn't drift like that, like the flu viruses do. It does mutate a little bit, but it mutates four times slower than the flu, and it doesn't drift. So the cells are going to be pretty similar to when they first came out. So that's why with this hype over Omicron, so that's why this hype over Omicron is so ridiculous. 
if all of the cells are so similar, then if you've already had COVID once or twice, getting Omicron is most likely not going to kill you. And it certainly doesn't mean that we should be closing down the economy again, because that did more than just protect some people from getting sick. That caused people's immune systems to weaken because they weren't in contact with a lot of other people. So their natural immunity was not where it could have been. So by the time they did catch COVID, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad if they weren't excluded from everybody. Um, it caused a lot of kids to have trouble in school because some kids can't do remote learning. They're just not visual learners. They might be auditory. Their houses may be too distracting. They may not have, they may not have good Wi-Fi connection. Any number of things. It put a lot of stress on teachers. Unbelievable stress because some classes are really not digital classes. They have to do with a lot of reading and writing and there were physical textbooks or papers or whatever it is. And that was a lot to put the teachers and professors through. And of course, jobs being cut because they were not, and jobs being cut because they weren't classified as essential. That's terrible. Everybody's job is essential for them no matter what it is because it's their means of income. So a lot of people were not able to work and that put financial burdens on families. The lockdown just did a lot more harm than it did good. And we've seen our economy, it tanked it. Meanwhile, the government spent more and more on COVID relief packages, it just doesn't make any sense. So if our current executive administration had any sense, they wouldn't be doing that again, but, but I'm sure we all know what they're uh, capable of or incapable of doing, I should say. It just gets me upset, you know, and there's still people who think Biden's doing a great job as president. He's such a doddering old man, he should be in a nursing home. And that's something about Trump. You know, he, there's nothing doddering about him. He's not that much younger than Biden, but the media doesn't show him any empathy whatsoever, like they do with Biden because he's elderly. Asking him what his favorite ice cream flavor was this past summer during the heat of that whole immigration crisis. Imagine if they did that to Trump. They would never. That's why you can't even imagine it. Ah, so anyway, I am now putting the shadows into this drawing. I really wish I could show you guys, but I'll just pretend like you can see it. And something I really like about this sculpture is that it has a lot of movement in it, even though it's a still life, because the artist implemented this usage of something called contrapposto, which is where the figure balances its weight on one hip, and it, so it causes a little bit of a tilt to the figure's body. And it's just supposed to show that there's life to it. Uh, in contrast to like the ancient Egyptian sculptures that just stood like front facing, there's like no movement. These are a little bit more flowing, which is really fun to recreate, especially with pastels because they glide on paper. So I highly recommend you investing in some pastels. And if you have some free time, just try experimenting with them. They're a lot of fun. So with that, I'm gonna conclude for today before I go off on another tangent about this drawing. So I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.